This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. Good morning, I'm John Trout. It's Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Here's what's coming up on America in the Morning. Another primary in the books, and we look ahead to Super Tuesday. I just got one more fella I got to catch up to. I'm Clayton Neville. President Biden is pushing Congress's top four leaders to move fast. Congress is responsibility from the government. Sagar Megani, Washington. An invasive witness questioned about the romance between Fonnie Willis and her special prosecutor and charges in the death of two Navy SEALs. We'll have those stories. Stocks open today after yesterday's mixed market day and Marriott gets on the Taylor Swift train. I'm Jessica Ettinger. Court documents are shedding new light on details in the killing of a Georgia nursing student. I'm Jennifer King. And what to do with stacks of Russian money all ahead on America in the Morning. The results from the Michigan primary are in. Correspondent Clayton Neville reports the two anticipated nominees ran away with the race. In the Republican primary in Michigan, the support for former President Donald Trump was clear. The race was called shortly after the polls closed as Trump beat former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley handily. It's been a trend so far this election season. Haley, though, vowing to stay in the race, at least through Super Tuesday. She was asked by CNN if it's possible the Republican Party has become the party of Trump. It, it is very possible. And, you know, that's what we're doing is we're if 70 percent of Americans say they don't want Donald Trump or Joe Biden, we are giving them an option. What I am saying to my Republican Party family is we are in a ship with a hole in it. And we can either go down with the ship and watch the country go socialist left, or we can see that we need to take the life raft and move in a new direction. That's what this is about. It is very telling when now the RNC is not about winning races up and down the ticket. The RNC is now about Donald Trump. They made that very clear. Haley already campaigning in Super Tuesday states ahead of the March 5th primaries. She was in Centennial, Colorado, holding a rally. I defeated a dozen of the fellas. I just got one more fella I got to catch up to. Haley maintains she's not going anywhere. In fact, she's focused on the percentage of votes she took away from Trump, which she believes could potentially hurt him in November. For Democrats, 117 delegates were up for grabs as President Biden took Michigan. And there's some pushback against Biden, specifically from groups calling for a ceasefire in Gaza, threatening to pull their support for the president if the U.S. continues to support Israel in its war with Hamas. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib took to social media after voting in Michigan. I was proud today to walk in and pull a Democratic ballot and vote uncommitted. This is the way we can use our democracy to say, listen, listen to Michigan. Focus now officially shifts to Super Tuesday as both Trump and Biden head for the southern border this week on separate trips. Haley charging forward on the campaign trail. I'm Clayton Neville. With a potential government shutdown looming, the stalemate over getting more aid to Ukraine and Israel continues, with the White House urging the House Republican leader to move faster. As Washington correspondent Sankar Magani reports, President Biden hosted the top four leaders of Congress at the White House, and the message? Get it done. We got a lot of work to do. On averting a looming partial shutdown this weekend. Congress's responsibility from the government. And helping Ukraine. The need is urgent. After the meeting. One of the most intense I have ever encountered 
in my many meetings in the Oval Office. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he, GOP counterpart Mitch McConnell, top House Democrat Akeem Jeffries, and both the President and Vice President made clear to House Speaker Mike Johnson Ukraine funding cannot wait. We would in all likelihood lose the war. But Johnson never mentioned Ukraine aid to reporters afterward, insisting there's another priority. I was very clear with the president and all those in the room that the House is actively uh, pursuing and uh, investigating all the various options on that, and we will address that in a timely manner. But again, the first priority of the country is our border and making sure it's secure. The speaker has so far refused to bring the security aid up for a vote. It is top of mind for all the American people for that reason. So I brought that issue up repeatedly today in that room and, and again one-on-one -on -one with the president. I think that's our responsibility uh, to bring that up. At the White House. What do you mean by that? I can tell you to the Ukrainian soldier on the battlefront, timeliness is now. National Security Spokesman John Kirby. We're already in some ways. Too, too late. Saying Ukrainian forces have lost one key town due in part to a lack of ammunition. They are certainly beginning to lose territory, territory that they had clawed back from the Russians. And now they have to give it back to the Russians because they can't they can't fight them off. Kirby says the Ukrainians simply deserve better. It's not running out of courage or running out of bullets. Sagar Magani, Washington. Courtroom testimony in the case involving Atlanta's district attorney when America in the Morning continues after these messages. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back. This is America in the Morning. Potential travel delays due to weather. Here's AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson with the forecast. You may run into some travel delays today across the northeast and mid-Atlantic as a storm will spread rounds of rain across the area. Reduced visibility and ponding of water in area streets and poor drainage areas can lead to slower travel and delays, including places like Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, New York City, and the nation's capital. Along with the rain will be very mild temperatures with 50s for highs over New England with spring like 60s across the upper Ohio Valley and mid-Atlantic states. Heavier showers and thunderstorms across eastern Ohio and Pennsylvania southward across the central Appalachians can produce localized damage in wind gusts and flooding downpours. While not as widespread, there'll still be some thunderstorms rumbling across parts of the south today from Louisiana to northern Georgia and western parts of the Carolinas. Colder air rushing in on the backside of the storm will produce some snow and potentially slippery travel over Michigan into northwestern Ohio. And there'll be some icy spots around Chicago this morning as temperatures fall below 
freezing after topping off in the 70s yesterday with severe weather. Most of Florida will escape the wet weather today with partly sunny skies. It will be pleasant with highs in the 70s and lower 80s across the southern part of the Sunshine State. The central portion of the nation will have dry and quiet weather today with sunny skies over the northern and central plains with a mix of clouds and sunshine over the southern plains. Much of the southwest will also be dry today with the exception of southwestern Texas in the southern parts of Arizona and New Mexico where a few showers will dampen the area. A steadier rain will fall over western parts of Washington and Oregon into far northwestern California, while the rest of California will have dry and sunny weather. And that's the weather across America. In Atlanta today, afternoon thunderstorms, high 73. Meanwhile in Denver, sunny with a high of 51. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. Tuesday's testimony in an Atlanta courtroom left lawyers for former President Donald Trump visibly upset. Correspondent Ed Donahue reports on key testimony in the case involving Atlanta's district attorney. You told me that their relationship started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton. Where did you obtain that knowledge from? It was... I was speculating. At issue is when Willis and Nathan Wade's relationship started. Terrence Bradley, Wade's one-time divorce attorney, was asked about a text message in which he said the relationship started when Willis was working as a judge. I never witnessed anything. So, um... You know, it, it was speculation. Lawyers for Donald Trump were getting frustrated. And Judge, I just want for the record, because sometimes the record doesn't reflect where people are looking, and that when I ask a question, Mr. Bradley is looking at Mr. Wade and his lawyer to wait for them to object, and they're clearly interacting somehow in the court. So I just want the ref record to reflect that, because it wouldn't otherwise. Steve Sadow told Bradley he does know when the Willis-Wade relationship started. And you don't want to testify to that in court. Overall. That's the best explanation. And why would you speculate? The relationship timeline has become a central issue as defense attorneys push to have Willis and Wade disqualified, arguing their relationship created a conflict of interest. I'm Ed Donahue. Charges have been filed in an operation that led to the deaths of two U.S. Navy SEALs during the transport of Iranian missile components. Correspondent Norman Hall reports. A Pakistani national who U.S. officials say was the captain of a ship carrying Iranian-made missile components to Houthi rebels in Yemen has been ordered to remain behind bars in Virginia. Mohammed Palawan is charged with attempting to smuggle a warhead and other weapons. He allegedly refused to slow the ship when the U.S. Navy began its boarding attempt. Two Navy SEALs drowned while boarding the unflagged vessel in the Arabian Sea on January 11th. It happened in the wake of continued Houthi attacks on commercial and military ships in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. I'm Norman Hall. Novel approach to free Taylor Swift concert tickets. And what to look for at today's opening bell. Business news next. America in the Morning's back after these messages. We're back on America in the Morning. The on-again, off-again proposed merger between Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount Global 
is off again after several months of discussions. Paramount Global, whose stock is trading near a one-year low, had already said no to a $14 billion bid from a group led by Byron Allen before WBD swooped in. Reports say Skydance Media, a film and TV studio run by David Ellison, is still considering making a bid. Warner Brothers Discovery shares are also at a 52-week low after a not-so-stellar earnings report, and Paramount reports their earnings today. CNBC's Jessica Ettinger has a look at Wednesday business. Wall Street opens this morning after a mixed day for the averages. The Nasdaq snapped a losing streak. Inflation's down a ton. We can see that. I'd say the path forward is a bit bumpy. You can't really have inflation go from very low to 9 percent and back to 2 to 3 very quickly without expecting some turbulence. Wells Fargo's Michael Schumacher on CNBC. The major averages all near record highs. Healthcare giant United Health is the target of a Department of Justice antitrust investigation into relationships between the doctor groups it owns and its insurance unit. This is according to the Wall Street Journal. Apple has reportedly canceled its plans to build an electric car. As a Apple shareholder, we're, we're, it's music to our ears, frankly, um, that the company is terminating the, the car project. Um, building a car is capital intensive. It's low margin. Um, there's serious entrenched players already uh, in the EV market. Baker Avenue's King Lip on CNBC. Macy's closing about 150 of its underperforming stores. That leaves about 350 locations, but is also adding 45 Bloomingdale's and Blue Mercury stores. So I spoke with Macy's new CEO, Tony Spring, who said, quote, we're closing underproductive stores that represent 25% of our gross square footage, but less than 10% of our sales. This is a story about real estate and geography and making sure you're in the best centers with your best game. Spring said the retailer is adding more employees to some of the stores it's investing in. CNBC's Courtney Reagan. Hybrid vehicles lead Consumer Reports' top 10 new vehicle picks. Toyota, with the most top picks of any car maker, it had four in the top 10, all hybrids or plug-in hybrids. Number two was Subaru, with two models in the top 10. Points at Marriott for hotel stays may be going swift. Well, I did not have concert tickets on my bingo card for Marriott's frequent stayer program, but it's happening. 500,000 Marriott Bonvoy points could get you a fancy trip to a major global city, or it could earn you a pair of tickets to see Taylor Swift. The hotel brand now offering a special package that includes a pair of tickets to see Swift, a two-night hotel stay, dinner, a spa treatment, and transportation to and from the concert this sounds like a good deal. CNBC's Tyler Matheson. Marriott is a tour sponsor. It's also offering a sweepstakes where fans can win Taylor Swift tickets. On today's watch list, we get earnings from TJ Maxx and Marshall's parent, TJX Companies, Advance Auto Parts, Salesforce.com, HP, Paramount Global, and AMC Entertainment. Tonight's Powerball jackpot is more than $400 million. CNBC's Jessica Ettinger, and speaking of cash, help funding the war for Ukraine could come from Russian assets. That's when America in the Morning continues after these messages. Welcome back. This is America in the Morning. Friends held a vigil for a University of Georgia student as new and disturbing details have been released by police about her murder. Correspondent Jennifer King is following the story. 
Authorities have said Lake and Riley died of blunt force trauma. She was found dead February 22nd after a roommate reported she didn't return from a morning run. Newly filed arrest affidavits say suspect Jose Ibarra is accused of using an object as a weapon and, quote, disfiguring her skull and dragging the 22-year-old's body to a secluded area. Riley was a student at the University of Georgia in Athens before she went to Augusta University to study nursing. Hundreds gathered in Athens on Monday afternoon for a vigil organized by Riley's sorority sisters from Alpha Chi Omega. She showed incredible wisdom throughout her friendships. Chapter President Chloe Mullis. Her wisdom flowed throughout all aspects of her life as she had an eye for those who were secretly struggling. I'm Jennifer King. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is urging world leaders to unfreeze frozen Russian central bank assets and send the money to Ukraine. Lisa Dwyer reports. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is offering her strongest public support yet for the idea of liquidating roughly $300 billion in frozen Russian central bank assets and using them for Ukraine's long-term reconstruction. The U.S. and its allies froze Russian foreign holdings in retaliation for Moscow's invasion of Ukraine two years ago. The assets have been sitting untapped as the war grinds on, while officials from multiple countries have debated the legality of sending the money to Ukraine. More than two-thirds of Russia's immobilized central bank funds are located in the European Union. I'm Lisa Dwyer. America in the Morning for Wednesday, February 28, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay. Senior producer, Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. Coming up this half hour, from Michigan, the votes are in. We'll have the results. In the race to avoid a government shutdown Friday night, congressional leaders discuss aid to Ukraine with President Biden. I'm John Stolness in Washington. A bill to protect IVF treatments. I warn that red states would come for IVF. I'm Linda Kenyon in Washington. More help coming for wildfire victims in Hawaii. Blanketing smoke in bright orange skies. Wildfires from the Texas Panhandle to Oklahoma. I'm Clayton Neville. Wendy says it's going to test surge pricing at restaurants as early as next year. I'm Ed Donahue. Former daytime talk show host Wendy Williams is facing a dementia diagnosis and concerns from her family. I'm Kevin Carr. Back after these messages. Storms in the east today may create some travel problems for motorists. Welcome back to America in the Morning. AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson has the forecast. Those wiper blades will come in handy today across a large portion of the east where a storm will spread rain and thunderstorms across the region. Spring-like warmth will be accompanied by periods of rain across the northeast and mid-Atlantic today. Reduced visibility and ponding of water in area streets and poor drainage areas can lead to slower travel and delays, including places like Boston, Philadelphia, and New York City. Heavier showers and thunderstorms across eastern Ohio and Pennsylvania Southward across the central Appalachians can produce localized damage in wind gusts and flooding downpours. Although not as widespread and intense, there'll be a scattering of showers and storms across the south as well today, primarily from Louisiana to northern Georgia and into western parts of the Carolinas. Colder air rushing in on the back side of the storm will produce some snow and potentially slippery travel over Michigan into northwestern Ohio. And there could be some icy spots around Chicago this morning as temperatures fall below freezing after highs topped off near record territory in the 70s yesterday with 
severe weather. Most of Florida will escape the wet weather today with partly sunny skies. It will be pleasant with highs in the 70s with lower 80s across the southern part of the Sunshine State. The other part of the nation where the wiper blades and umbrellas will be useful today will be across the Pacific Northwest. Rain will fall over western parts of Washington and Oregon into far northwestern California, with the rest of California will have dry and sunny weather. Much of the southwest will be dry today, with the exception of southwestern Texas into southern parts of Arizona and New Mexico, where a few showers will dampen the area. The central portion of the nation will have dry and quiet weather today, with sunshine over the northern and central plains, with more than we have cloud cover, but generally dry weather over the southern plains. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. There were no surprises in the Michigan primaries as President Joe Biden on the Democrat ticket and Donald Trump for the Republicans each were declared the winner seconds after the polls closed. However, each candidate did leave the Wolverine state with concerns. For Trump, despite his large victory, his last remaining rival Nikki Haley did receive more than a quarter of the vote in a state vital for his chances of winning back the presidency. For Biden who was favored to win by eight in 10 Democrats, there was a large block of people who pulled the lever for uncommitted. A protest vote against his policies regarding the war between Israel and Hamas in a state with a very large Arab-American population. Up next, for Trump, a Saturday primary in Idaho and Missouri and Monday's North Dakota primary Monday before the candidates head into next week's Super Tuesday where 874 Republican delegates and more than 1,400 Democrat delegates are at stake. America in the Morning continues. As Russia makes gains on the battlefield in Ukraine, lawmakers continue wrestling over funding the Ukrainian war effort as they race to avoid a partial government shutdown this Friday at midnight. John Stolnes has more from Washington. The four top congressional leaders met for a couple of hours with President Biden at the White House yesterday for a series of budget discussions. At the heart of those talks, kickstarting the stalled foreign aid supplemental package that would free up billions of dollars to help send weapons and ammunition to Ukraine. Sitting with the leaders in the Oval Office, President Biden stressing the urgency of the situation. I think the need is urgent. I hope we can speak to that a little bit. And uh, I think the consequences of inaction every day in Ukraine are dire. After the meeting, Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said the U.S. must fulfill its obligations to help Ukraine fend off Russian aggression or there will be consequences, not just for Ukraine. The presidents of uh, North Korea and Iran would be emboldened thinking that the United States was this soft, fat uh, country that lost its way and would take advantage. Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson says while he supports funding Ukraine, his members are prioritizing border funding first. The House is actively uh, pursuing and uh, investigating all the various options on that, and we will address that in a timely manner. But again, the first priority of the country is our border and making sure it's secure. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby wants to know what Speaker Johnson's definition of timely is. Timeliness is now. It's right now. As, as you and I just came back from the weekend, the Russians started taking some other towns and villages. Now, they didn't, n nothing to the significance of Avdivka in terms of the logistics hub that they want to create there. 
but they're on the move. This is not some frozen conflict. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky was in the United Arab Emirates yesterday, meeting with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman as the Saudis tried to position themselves as potential mediators to end the war between Ukraine and Russia. Putin's forces have made inroads in eastern Ukraine, thanks to an influx of soldiers and weapons supplies, as Kyiv waits for more aid to arrive from Western allies and the United States. John Stolnes, Washington. Illinois Democratic Senator Tammy Duckworth is introducing a bill today to preserve access to IVF treatments. Correspondent Linda Kenyon has that story from Washington. Senator Duckworth says her bill will help protect women and their reproductive rights. I'm headed to the Senate floor to call on my colleagues to pass, via unanimous consent, my Access to Family Building Act, which would ensure that every American's right to become a parent via treatments like IVF is fully protected. The legislation is a direct response to an Alabama Supreme Court ruling that said frozen embryos are considered children under law. The ruling led some Alabama IVF clinics to suspend treatments due to concerns about civil or criminal prosecution. Dr. Janet Booknot is a fertility specialist in Alabama. To have to cancel a treatment is just um, devastating. She tells CNN the state legislature must step in. At this point, we're in a position where the only thing we can do is advise us all to hold and ask our leaders in this state to create the protections that we need to pick back up our treatment. For Republicans who may not support her bill in the U.S. Senate, Senator Duckworth says this. I struggle to understand how politicians who support this kind of policy can possibly call themselves pro-life. And she says that's exactly why her bill is needed. I warn that red states would come for IVF. And now they have. Senator Duckworth, a mother of two and a disabled military veteran, knows the importance of IVF firsthand. My infertility would become one of the most heartbreaking struggles of my life. My miscarriage more painful than any wound I ever earned on the battlefield. And she says anyone who wants a children should have access to IVF just like she did. So it's a little personal to me when a majority male court suggests that people like me who are not able to have kids without the help of modern medicine should be in jail cells. Senator Duckworth's bill will come to the floor as a unanimous consent request. It could pass quickly if no one on the floor objects. But Senate conservatives have already signaled they will object, in part, calling IVF a state's rights issue. If the bill is blocked as expected, it could be referred to a committee where it will go through the slow-moving legislative process. Or it could be tabled, a move that essentially would kill the bill before it could be considered viable. Lindy Kenyon, Washington. Hawaii's governor says a $175 million fund to compensate families of people killed in the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century will begin accepting applications at the end of the week. Lisa Dwyer has details. Governor Josh Green says the Fund for Lahaina Wildfire Victims will also pay those who were hospitalized with severe injuries. Families of those killed will receive $1.5 million after their eligibility is confirmed. Those seriously injured would receive a share determined by the judge. Green says the fund is an option for survivors who might be considering suing the state of Hawaii, Hawaiian Electric, or other utilities and landowners for their role in the blaze. Maui County has confirmed 101 people died from the August 8th wildfire. Two people are still missing. I'm Lisa Dwyer. Wildfire in Texas and AI meets fast food. Those stories and more when America in the Morning continues after these messages. 
This is America in the Morning. I'm John Trout. A wildfire in the Texas panhandle forced evacuations yesterday as structures were burned and animals and human life threatened. Correspondent Clayton Neville has the latest. Extremely high winds across small Texas towns in the state's panhandle. The winds and the dry air fueled the Smokehouse Creek fire. It's burned 250,000 acres of land since it started on Monday. Blanketing smoke made the scope of the damage difficult to see and fire crews struggling to contain it. Parts of Hemp Hill and Robertson counties evacuated as neighborhoods were threatened. Some evacuated in Lipscomb County and near portions of Amarillo. In the city of Pampa, authorities went door-to-door asking residents to leave. And schools closed today in Canadian, Texas and other towns. Late last night, the Smokehouse Creek fire spread north into the state of Oklahoma. Residents in two counties there evacuated. This is another fire. The Grapevine Creek blaze is still burning. 30,000 acres burned in that wildfire so far. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued a disaster declaration yesterday for 60 counties in response to wildfires. I'm Clayton Neville. Following a statement from the leader of France who said that he can see European nations providing ground troops in Ukraine, Russia, NATO and other nations are responding. Correspondent Karen Shamas reports. Both Germany and Poland have said they have no intention of sending troops to Ukraine. The announcements come amid reports that some Western countries may be considering doing so as the war with Russia enters its third year. Meanwhile, Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov warned against such ideas, saying, Those who not only express such thoughts but even allow them in their heads should use these heads for more rational thoughts, safer for Europe. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said any NATO combat troops in Ukraine would create an inevitable conflict between Russia and the alliance. NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg has told the Associated Press that the alliance has no plans to send troops into Ukraine. The NATO secretary general said there are no plans for uh, NATO uh, combat troops uh, uh, on the ground uh, in Ukraine. His comments come as Slovakia's Prime Minister recently said that some countries are thinking of making bilateral deals to send troops to Ukraine. France's President Emmanuel Macron has said sending troops to Ukraine should not be ruled out in the future. NATO, as an alliance, provides Ukraine only non-lethal aid and support. However, some members send weapons and ammunition bilaterally or in groups. I'm Karen Chamas. Does your Baconator come with or without an upcharge? Correspondent Ed Donahue reports Wendy's restaurants want to modernize its menu, testing out surge pricing. Surge pricing is a strategy being used by ticket sellers and ride-sharing companies. It's relatively new in the world of fast food. Wendy's will test fluctuating menu prices throughout the day based on demand. Demand for a Baconator or a Frosty goes up, so does the price. Wendy CEO says they also plan to add AI-enabled menu changes, suggestive selling, and invest about $20 million to launch digital menu boards at all of its company-run restaurants by the end of next year. I'm Ed Donahue. AI News continues this time for trying to copy content from major newspapers. Here's Chuck Palm with that in today's Tech Report. 
OpenAI has claimed in a motion that the New York Times used deceptive prompts to get ChatGPT to regurgitate its content. In a post from TheVerge.com, they report that the company is asking that the U.S. District Court in New York dismiss several of the claims in the copyright infringement lawsuit. OpenAI is asserting that the Times has exploited a bug that it is currently working to fix and that the outlet fed articles directly into the chatbot to get it to spit out verbatim passages. In a Times article from April 2023 titled 35 Ways Real People Are Using AI Right Now, this is very similar to the arguments that OpenAI made in its public response in January. The Times sued OpenAI and Microsoft in December, claiming the companies trained their AI models on its content and that their chatbots could reproduce the stories verbatim. The publication alleged that this deprives it of revenue and compromises its relationship with its readers. Leave a comment at allthetoptech.tech. I'm Chuck Palm. America in the Morning continues. Robert Workman Sports is sponsored by Untuck It. Shop online at untuckit.com or at our 80-plus stores for the perfect-fitting untucked shirt. Untuck It. NBA Tuesday, the Celtics storm past the 76ers 117.99 for their ninth consecutive victory. Coach Joe Mazzulla's team with the best record in the association. This, this game was probably one of our best games of the year. This game showed a template of how uh, teams are going to guard us. Thunder rolled over the Rockets for their sixth win in a row. Timberwolves sashay past the Spurs. Minnesota and Oklahoma City remain tied atop the West. Heat bounced the Blazers. Five straight wins for Miami. Nine losses in a row for Portland. Warriors whacked the Wizards. Washington's 12th straight loss. Clay Thompson, 25 in his new role off the Golden State bench. There's also uh, benefits, too, coming off the bench. Like, yeah, 25 minutes a night. I mean, that's starter minutes, so it's not, not, not that hard transition. Pistons bop the Bulls to snap a six-game skid. Big wins for the Pelicans, Hawks, Magic, and Bucks. And Max Struess sank a 59-foot shot at the horn to give the Cavaliers a two-point win over the Mavericks despite 45 from Luka Doncic. College basketball number one Houston stopped Cincinnati in their first game as the top team in the land this year. Six straight wins for the Cougars. Seventh-ranked Kansas lost to BYU. That snaps the Jayhawks' 19-game home winning streak. NHL, the Red Wings romped over the Capitals for their sixth win in a row. Predators nabbed their sixth straight, stopping the Senators. Golden Knights burned the Maple Leafs, ending Toronto's seven-game winning streak. Canadians over the Coyotes. Arizona has dropped 13 straight. Panthers edged the Sabres to move back into first place in the Atlantic Division. Jets bumped off the Blues to regain first in the Central. Flyers got five in the third to soar past the Lightning. Wins for the Flames, Avalanche, Hurricanes, Penguins, and Devils. That's Wednesday Sports. Thank you, Robert. Assault alleged against the father of music's reigning pop star when America in the Morning continues after these messages. America in the Morning continues. The family of daytime talk show host Wendy Williams has expressed public concern about her health and well-being. Kevin Carr has the latest. Things first became public with the promotion of the docu-series Where is Wendy Williams, which aired on Lifetime Network on Saturday and Sunday. My life. Right now she's weak and vulnerable. And she needs to be around people who aren't going to take advantage of that. Williams found fame in 2008 with a top-rated syndicated talk show. Live from New York City, it's the Wendy Williams Show. Personal and health problems forced her to end the show in 2022 when she was put under care of a guardian. 
Before the docuseries premiere, Williams' representatives announced that she had been diagnosed with aphasia and frontotemporal dementia, an incurable neurological condition that affects memory, speech, and personality. In one scene of the docuseries, Williams' son, Kevin Hunter Jr., who along with Williams serves as executive producer, says he was told by doctors that the dementia is linked to alcohol use. They basically said that because she was drinking so much, um, it was starting to affect her, her headspace and her brain. The docuseries has been criticized for being exploitative. Williams' niece, Alex Finney, spoke to Nightline this week addressing the question of whether Williams is cognitively capable of overseeing the show. When I said, why are, why are you doing this? And she said, I want to tell my story. That conversation was crystal clear. Finney also spoke to CNN on Friday, raising concerns that the family is not allowed access to the cognitive facility where Williams is staying. Part of what has been so complicated and challenging about this, we don't have an exact location in terms of where she is. I'm Kevin Carr. A 22-year-old murder case has finally led to a conviction. Correspondent Margie Zaraletta reports on the jury's decision in the murder of Jam Master Jay. A federal jury in New York has found Ronald Washington and Carl Jordan Jr. guilty in the death of Jam Master Jay, who was shot in his studio more than 20 years ago. Washington was an old friend who was staying at Jay's sister's house, while Jordan is Jay's godson. Prosecutors said the two men shot Jay for cutting them out of a cocaine deal. A witness testified seeing Jordan exchange a friendly greeting with Jay moments before shots rang out. Neither Washington nor Jordan testified. Authorities had named Washington as a suspect as long ago as 2006. Seven. Both men were arrested in 2020. I'm Archie Zaraleta. Finally today, there's new trouble for the father of pop star Taylor Swift. Correspondent Rita Foley has a look. A photographer in Australia told police he was punched in the face by Taylor Swift's father on the Sydney waterfront hours after her Australian tour ended. Ben McDonald said he wasn't seriously hurt, but he did report the incident to police. He says members of the media had been waiting to photograph Taylor Swift as she walked with her entourage from a small pier to two waiting cars. He says a security team member started shoving his umbrella into McDonald and his camera. Taylor Swift's representative accused members of the media of being aggressive. In an email, the representative said two individuals were aggressively pushing their way towards Taylor, grabbing at her security personnel and threatening to throw a female staff member into the water. I'm Rita Foley. America in the Morning for Wednesday, February 28th, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay. Senior producer, Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.